Accidental Hope listeners, wanted to let you know that we have launched a Patreon. If you're interested in giving from a joyful heart, please follow Patreon forward slash Accidental Hope, and I would love your support. If this blesses you today, would you mind liking, sharing, following, subscribing, tell a friend, or even leaving a review? Thanks so much. Welcome to Accidental Hope Podcast, a community that seeks hope and healing from a faith perspective. My name is Jennifer, and I'm not an expert, but I do share life experiences because I believe it will help someone else. So get ready to open your heart, laugh, cry, and receive. Let's get started. Today, we have a special guest. It takes a unique calling and a servant's heart to be a county chaplain. And Dr. John Knox, a husband to Jan of 34 years, also has three grown children, as well as he serves in his local congregation in Granbury, Texas. He is also the Hood County Chaplain for First Responders. I am proud to call him my chaplain. He answered the call on the night of my accident and since then has been instrumental in my journey. Listen in as he shares his experiences with grief, trauma, and what he likes to call as a ministry of presence. Last week we talked about grief, the symptoms of grief, and how someone in an accident related to trauma could find a potential counselor, pastor, therapist, someone safe to talk to. You'll listen in and hear Dr. Knox explain how a healthy perspective with the fact that he is continuously exposed to accidents and trauma over and over again have this one little trauma, but you are exposed to this over and over again. So what do you do? What do you, what message of hope can you give us for, for facing this every day and keep it going? Keep a couple of things. I think everybody needs their, what I call my inner circle. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody needs their inner circle of people. I have to have people in my inner circle who get what I do and get me, which my wife is just phenomenal. She She's is a gem. Let She's me tell you. incredibly supportive. She does I not, love your wife. <laughs> she does not want to go out and do this work. That's not her. And even though she has a bachelor's degree in psychology, and at one point she worked on a master's degree in counseling, she has the background. But mm-hmm. this kind of work is not her thing. But she is incredibly supportive on multiple levels, really, and, and gets it. You know, Maybe she, she had that degree for you, mister. She does. No. Yeah, she does. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she says, you know, I told her, I said, you know, you married a nut. I mean, you could have had a normal life. I'm just, <laughs> right? You could have had a normal life. And, and she always says, well, I've not had a boring day. In 35 years, I've not had a boring day. Oh, I love it. Oh, I, I bet. It's, it's I never bet. been a boring moment. And then I have some friends that, like, I have a friend that's out of state who's a counselor that works with trauma in a different setting, works with, you know, children who have been adopted and have had Mm -hmm. traumatic backgrounds. That's really her forte. And I have other chaplains that I'm close to. Those are people that I can connect with. They get it. Hmm. They totally get it. That is. So you can be active listeners for each other, kind of like accountability. Okay. Definitely. You know, and I have a friend that a psychologist in Lubbock and he is SWAT negotiator for the Lubbock police department and does he does victim services for them. He's very sharp. And our personalities are completely different, completely. But he's very supportive. He's very plain spoken. He'll tell you things you don't necessarily want to hear. 
uh, and he'll tell you in a very plain way. I tell him, I said, I always say, Andy, you've worked with comps too many years. You, you just like them. I said, you talk just like them. <laughs> and he said, you understand the language. But said, sometimes you need that in that. Yeah, you get it. And so yeah. I've gone back to him and he's been in his own Andy way. He's very helpful and he's very knowledgeable. He's, he's great. So you know who you need to talk to for what type yes. of feeling that you're feeling. Yes, so definitely, you know, and so everybody needs that. And it's taken me years to form that inner circle. In my early years, I kept it all in. I didn't even tell my wife. I just kept it all in. And that's a mistake, mm. you know, because I thought I don't want to re-traumatize anybody. I better not tell them about this. And, yep. and I finally realized that's not wise at all. Can I tell you... I didn't want to really tell everybody the full of what, besides maybe you. And I think I kept some feelings and emotions like wanting to just sleep and never wake up. Right. I mean, I remember, I, I don't think I complete, I don't know. I honestly black out of some of our conversations. I have no, I think the brain really let go to where I don't even remember all of our conversations. Sure. And, but I do remember sometimes trying to be protective where I didn't want to tell you that that I was you know suffering from suicidal ideation where yes. I felt like I shouldn't live anymore because I was afraid of admitting that what that might be but when I started to heal I realized that when God called me not that God did this I really still believe that this was not my purpose or my plan that there's a fallen world and an enemy of this world and that God is love. That's my understanding that when this was my circumstance, everyone in that inner circle that God had already given me, whether they knew it or not, because God had brought them into my life, they had skill sets to walk this with me as well. Yes. And so I think we want to protect people that we love. But if you are a young driver and you're thinking about how I don't want to burden my parents, they're already burdened enough. I don't want to tell them what I'm experiencing. God called them to be your parents. And when this was not a surprise to God, he already equipped them. Or if you are a spouse and suddenly you're thinking about how I don't want to tell my spouse or my my loved ones, what I'm experiencing, that inner circle God created for you specifically. But you have to come to realize that, you know, and just like your wife was called to be your wife, your friends were called to be your friends. If they're, if they're your true friends and God brought them to your life, trust them with it. And My people children, at different, at different levels. Sometimes people can just have a kind, encouraging word, a kind, encouraging word that's well-timed. You know, the scripture speaks to that. <laughs> you know, Proverbs speaks to that in the Old Testament, a well-timed word. It doesn't have to be a, a preachy, but just a, a kind word of comfort, something very brief that's timely, is very meaningful. And what would you want? Like you said, give the water. If that's what they are immediate need, if they need yes. the water, just bring the water. Don't ask them if they want the water. Yeah, don't, yeah just do something that's, um, that's just kind. You know, bring a meal. Come mow the grass. Mm. Um, just don't don't make a big deal about it. Don't ask them about their grass. Just come mow it and just do it and hush. Right. <laughs> you but know. Tell what was it that you said about silence? You said something really before we you know started recording. Yeah. You said something yeah, very. Ministry, 
amazing uh, about silence. So much of what we do as chaplains is what I call ministry of presence. Mm. And I have been in many, many situations. And one that stands out, I, years ago in 1994, I responded to a crash where a young girl had hit a man on a bicycle and he was killed instantly. I remember sitting in the back seat of the patrol car with her because the accident investigators, you know, their role is investigative. It's not that they're cold and don't care, but they have one opportunity to do that investigation and to do it right. Right. You know, it's not, they can't, if they make a mistake, they can't go back and recreate that. So they're very focused on what they're doing. So they called me out that night and I sat with her in the backseat of that patrol car in silence for a long, long time. And I, you know, people laugh at me and said, I can't, they really don't think I can keep my mouth shut that long. Uh, but I really can. <laughs> I know you can. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm very comfortable with silence. And if you're going to do ministry in this context, you have to practice what I call the three H's and that's hurry, hush and hug. Um, you, you hurry up and get there. You don't fool around. You hush and you hug and, you know, use, you know, various forms of nonverbal communication as you feel comfortable and as that person feels comfortable. I'm learning that. And isn't it interesting that God would take the most talkative people and put this passion, this calling on their hearts, because that I long to be able to serve in that capacity, to just sit in the back of that patrol car. I think of victims that I had when I first started and how old they are now. I had a, I worked with a four-year-old victim years ago and he has a child now that's more, that's older than four. So Mm. (laughs) it's the fun part of doing it for years and years. Thank you for staying connected. I know that when I need a safe space and, and we're not in their circle, I mean, we've moved now, but you're always there to answer the call. And so it's a dedication yes. that is, yes. it's amazing. And so it has to be the work of the Lord that keeps you filled up to be able to stretch as far as you do. It's when you know that, man, it comes from above. It really does. It's a calling. You know, it's kind of interesting. When I was in graduate school working on my Master of Divinity in the 80s, this would have been 1985, 1986. I, and my officers laugh at me. I worked for a record service uh, in an auto repair shop. I worked for two brothers. They were the finest men. The man man that owned the record service is deceased now, but he was was quite a character. He was a wonderful Christian man. We would respond towing cars to fatality crashes. Mm. And, And I remember families coming to our lot to get their family members' personal effects out of a vehicle. And of course, I was all of, I don't know what it was like, 23 or 24, I guess. And I remember thinking at the time, this is, you know, this is ministry. What I'm doing out here in this back lot at a record lot, I'm doing ministry. There has to be some ministry. And I look back at that now and I think the Lord was smiling. He's like, I've got something for you. It's coming. (laughs) Wow. Isn't that interesting? (sighs) And five years later, that was 1985. And by 1990, I was immersed in it and I had no clue. I didn't know what a law enforcement chaplain was in 1985. I didn't know such a thing existed. He was planting those seeds. He was. And, you know, and so when the opportunity came in 1990, I was like, oh, that's what I was thinking five years ago. I want to do this. You know what? I I just want to say thank you for opening my eyes to how many people can be affected by these accidents with fatality. Yes. I mean, because... 
that mom who's going to pick up belongings to her child and that was the yes. last space that they were it's a sacred space yes, i can imagine that it and is. to um you know the reality of taking those things away but then that was the closest that maybe you can feel to that child or that loved one at that time that i don't think anybody ever thinks of that other than towing people can be a real pain they're expensive, you know, yes, uh, yes, dealing yes. with this crash when it's just a fender bender. But then how many people, the ripples of pain go out to where we don't really know until you've been experienced it. Because I was on that spectrum. When I hear of an accident, I'm immediately angry at the driver. Or my heart just goes to um, the family who is now dealing with this loss and now my eyes have been open to just the first responders yes you know I, I never thought the towing agencies but absolutely absolutely I can see that now and so, they're, they're impacted yes of course um, they are and you know I think this would probably be a good place to add the worst thing you can do if you're just a citizen that's witnessed something like this is to post it on social media prematurely mm. because what you're doing, you're making our job harder because what we're finding with the presence of social media and even texting is social media is getting to the family before we do, or somebody is, I had a crash several years ago where this man texted this man and said, Hey, I saw this red car in a bad crash on this particular highway. And that looked like your wife's car. So this man showed up at the scene and it was his wife's car and she, she was deceased in the vehicle. And, you know, and we, so we were, the trooper called me and said, I, I've had a fatality. I have family on scene and I need your help on scene right now. Mm. And so we're playing defense and we're not being able to notify him in a way that's, that's dignified and compassionate. We're just out here on the scene where this poor man has shown up. Reacting to. Yeah. And yeah. He, he's very distraught. You know, you're going to be distraught anyhow, but we don't have any kind of control over the circumstances. We're just having to, we're out there just trying to make the best out of it. And it's very, that has happened in the last five or six years. That's gotten a lot worse hmm. because people just blowing up Facebook in, in particular, uh, even with pictures. Uh, oh, I passed this crash. Here it is. And they, you know, they took a picture with their phone. Yeah, those those pictures bring me all kinds of anxiety. But yeah, yeah. But it, it's, it's destructive, and people mean well, and they'll say, oh, "I'm posting this so we can have prayers." And my response to that is, you know, God will see to it; these people get prayers. It's not necessary for you to spread that in a way that's not appropriate. Right, or to in my in my circumstance, even giving wrong information. Yes. Yes. You don't know. And, um, and by the time, as we know that, that information travels from one person to the next, it gets very distorted. Right. And the accuracy with each passing declines. <laughs> you know, that's, that's such a good point. As we navigate, I think social media evolves to where we can't hardly keep up, but that's such a good thought and reminder when we engage in those kinds of posts, what that really might mean for the other family who is about to hear the worst news that they ever can receive and, yes. and to be sensitive to that. Or if it creates, you know, we'd like to think that sometimes they're doing it so you can avoid an area, but unfortunately there's parts of the human 
curiosity where we're going to go that route to kind of see if we can see, you know, what's happening. And then that, that of course, affects the investigation and the first responders trying to tend to that scene, you know, so. And in some cases, depending on if it's a heavily traveled, high traffic area, it can cause another crash. Or put our, put our police it. officers in risk or put yes. our yes. ENTs at risk. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We've had several secondary crashes uh, because, you know, people are, in, not where they should be. My heart goes out to them. Well, that's a good reminder. Tell me about, um, I don't think, I, I think we got off track, but I do want to know what keeps you, you know, going. I know that you love what you do, but what are some of your hobbies, some of the things that yeah. you yeah, fill your I, cup, give you hope? Definitely. I mean, you're not retired, obviously. It looks like you don't have any time of yeah. slowing down, but no, no, what no, are you no, up no. to? Well, I have a lot of things I'm interested in. I like to play golf. I enjoy okay. being outside. I, uh, I'm a voracious reader. I, li I like to read biographies. I like Christian fiction. I like, I just, I read just about anything. I like uh, history. I also like to write. I, I blog. I have a blog. I've written just a little over 800 blogs since 2008. So I've been blogging about 11 years now. And that's, that's fun for me. And I blogged some about my chaplaincy experiences where it's not. Tell us the name of your blog. Tell us the name uh, of your blog. Celebratingthejourney.blogspot.com everything's archived and sort of categorized. I did some redesigning on it here just a few months ago. So it's been a lot of fun. My, I like to travel. I, I uh, kind of have an interesting background. My, I was born in Atlanta and then we lived in Wisconsin, just South of Milwaukee through my seventh grade year and then moved to Lubbock. And I, you know, I went all the way from Wisconsin to Texas. So, mm -hmm. um, so at any rate, the interesting thing about Wisconsin tie about 10 years ago, I reconnected with my friends that I grew up with in the old neighborhood. We uh, have a reunion of our neighborhood friends every July. We get together for a week awesome. and we play golf together every day and we go eat and, you know, we plan things to do together, but we all, we, uh, one of our friends comes as far as New Zealand. Wow. Um, I come I from feel like that keeps you young. It keeps yeah, you connected I mean, to your so childhood. We've known each other since the the end of my first grade year. So I was about wow. seven. And so these are friendships that go back to 1969, right at 50 years. Wow. That's so awesome. I'm going to take my son up there and show him where I lived and um, tell my family story. I think family secrets are destructive. So I'm going to tell him the family story for good and bad and in between. I, I'm writing a biography for him. He's going to turn 30 in July. And so I thought you're, this is a 30th birthday present. I love uh, it. To go on this trip, we're going to tour Wisconsin. Then we're going to go and watch the, the Cubs play in Chicago on a Saturday. That's awesome. Yeah, That's so we're great. Pretty, he's excited. I'm excited. Um, works in the film industry in Hollywood. So he's going to bring some video equipment and he's going to video our trip and narrate the trip himself. I love it. So he's, I was excited. I didn't know how he would be, but I'm, I'm thrilled that he's as excited as I am. Good. Okay. So importance of family, connecting to old friends, you know, yes. that maybe are completely yes. separate. So you've got your inner friends that I think help you with the current pressures, things that you're working through, but then you have those friends that connect you to your childhood that are completely separate yes. from yes. the day in, day out grind. And then 
I'll tell you one of the greatest gifts that you gave me in wisdom, my husband and I, when Chris and I came to one of the therapy sessions or counseling sessions together, is you told us to get out in nature and get the kids out, get us camping, go out for walks, family walks. And you mentioned that about nature. And I tell you, I have now every caddy that I come in and encounter with, I have been able to, to share that same thing. Get out in nature. When you're feeling disconnected, I want you to walk through the flowers. I want you to touch the petals. I want you to feel that sunshine on your face. You know, how much that helped me and our family, really. And um, so that was one of the things that you told us good, and that, that I have uh, kept on. And the writing and the reading, learning about other things. Okay, so this is for fun. I know it's almost time to go, but okay, so tell me your Enneagram number. Just for fun, just yes, for fun, yes. tell me about what you've learned because I believe self-discovery is a part of yes. journey I, and healing for me personally. So tell me your number. I am an Enneagram 2. Oh, okay. So you're um, a helper, right? Yes, I'm a helper and very much on the feeling side of the spectrum. Enneagrams, uh, the, the 2, 3, and 4 are all very heart-driven people. Uh, and I'm, and I fit the two, it fits like a glove and it's really, and I'm married to a sweet five. Oh, I love it. So we really compliment each other, you know, cause the fives are very much in their head. Very yes. Yes. Uh-huh. You know, they think through everything they want. They're researchers, you know, that kind of thing. And so we really compliment each other. Have you I'm taken the test? I took the test and I was a six and I've read good. it. And, and what's interesting is, my brain keeps trying to decide if there was a, a personality type before the accident and after the accident, because I see how I've changed. Yes. You know, I'm not quite as outgoing, believe it or not, as yes. I was yes, before. Yes. And you knew me before the accident. A lot of people don't know that, but we worked together yes. pretty closely yes. and it, we never knew that our journey would take us so uh, I've learned you never know when your paths are going to cross and re- But God does that. He puts together and orchestrate things that I just had to sit in awe. And it actually encouraged me that I knew that you would know who I was before and to see the difference to what I was experiencing. Plus, I knew I could trust you. I can totally see you as a helper. I think <laughs> there is not a... That is exactly how I would describe you. So that's great. And so my last question is, do you have like a favorite scripture or maybe a quote, you know, something that on the hard days, I know you're going to reach out to those buddies. You're going to really pray, but what's something that kind of gets you going or encourages you on the hard days? You know, of course, I just enjoy reading scripture in the mornings. I have my little reading schedule. I have so many favorite scriptures, but you know, the one I can, I think of the prologue to John's gospel where it talks about he was with God and he is God, that the deity of Jesus, that he is God in the flesh. Mm. Um, that is your, that feels so real to me. That's very encouraging to me to think about Jesus being God in the flesh that that's very rich to me and Romans 12 I could read Romans 12 over and over it's very fortifying to me 
the Psalms are very fortifying to me. And many of the Psalms just feel very fortifying. Where my help comes from, you know. Yes, yes. yes. I mean, they're very calming. And I had an officer tell me years ago, he was working undercover narcotics. And he said he was just facing such evil and darkness in his job every day. He said he would come home at two o'clock in the morning when he got off work and he would just immerse himself in the Psalms because it cleansed his soul from the evil he had seen all day. And that has stayed with me Mm -hmm. all these years. That was such good counsel. Oh, I agree. When I, the night I came home from the accident and I just laid there, I put on the Psalms for several days and I had the Bible app read to me and I would weep. And I couldn't read it, but I would just let it, the Bible app read me chapter and chapter, verse by verse, until I would fall asleep. So, thank you so much for meeting with me. Oh, I, just, I appreciate your time. It's wonderful. I, I'm so excited that you are part of this journey. And I wouldn't have been able to do this without you. I mean, just at least I just I'm grateful. I'm extremely grateful for you and your support. And the work that you do to serve others, it still kind of inspires me. Yeah, I want to be you when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's scary. <laughs> Dan, Dan would be the first one to say, that is disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Dr. Knox. I All appreciate right. you. And um, I hope day. you too. Bye-bye. Okay, talk to you soon. That concludes our time with Dr. Knox. I hope you have just enjoyed his presence and his discussion about how we can simply step in and be involved with people who might be walking through a grief or a trauma. So please always pray for our first responders, pray for the chaplains, pray for the law enforcement, pray for the EMTs, Pray for the tow truckers, right? The the people who respond to these accidents day in and day out. Let this be a reminder that we should always, if we're not walking through it right now, if we are on the outside of where we can truly still be involved, is just through prayer. Prayer and presence. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. Please come back and see me next week. And remember to seek hope and share it. Something that you have inside of you, someone else needs. Thanks for listening to Accidental Hope. Remember to seek hope and share it. Come back next week. Bye. Happy Music Number 7 brought to you by scottholmesmusic.com Oh goodness.